Oh, Laker fans. Oh, I love my top NBA stories. How crazy. You go around the league, get some information about all the other teams going on, uh, things going on with other teams. Okay, this is how we're going to start our top NBA stories. I do this, by the way, with Michael every pregame show. Oh, Michael Thompson. You get this guy going on a topic, it is gold. Um, Okay, so everyone is upset. Everyone is kind of upset right now about the All-Star Reserve. So this was just announced uh, earlier today. So let let me kind of, let me break this down a little bit, okay? Um, The reserves are a very, first of all, look, to to be awarded into the All-Star game, that obviously means a lot to a lot of different people. Um, Players are going to be extremely territorial towards a teammate of theirs, somebody that they feel should be in the All-Star game, somebody that should be recognized. Some of this is going to come into play because you're looking at a team's record. What has that team done in the Western Conference or the Eastern Conference? Do they have any representation? So there's a lot that goes into this. By the way, this is, I believe, voted on by the coaches. So this is uh, this is real deal here. Um, here are the All-Star reserves. I will start off with the Eastern Conference. Okay. Uh, James Harden, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, uh, Julius Randle, Zach Levine, Ben Simmons, Nikola Jokic. Okay, so those are the um, those are the reserves. Part of the uh, star reserves, real quick for the uh, for the Eastern Conference. I don't really think I have any problem with uh, with with the reserves. And to be honest with you. I'm just not watching every one of these games in the Eastern Conference. I'll tell you some players that they missed. Bam Adebayo, who, by the way, is having a really good season, but Miami's not having a good season. Jimmy Butler, but he hasn't played enough games. Chris Middleton, um, the team is disappointing if you're the Milwaukee Bucks. Tobias Harris of the Sixers, well, you already have Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons in there. I mean, can you really justify another player? Toronto, Fred Van Fleet didn't get in. Malcolm Brogdon didn't get in. Uh, DeMontes Sabonis, Trey Young, and Gordon Hayward. So this is just according to a list of players that they thought were left off that could get on. I guess the only player that I could see on here, maybe a Trey Young. Maybe if you want to make a case for one of those Miami Heat players. I'm a big Chris Middleton fan, but like I said, that team is not uh, performing the way they're supposed to be performing. So um, this one's a tough one to tell. There's an obvious one in the Western Conference. So obvious that even LeBron James uh, pointed it out on uh, on Twitter. So I'll read off exactly what LeBron James said. Uh, let's see what he got here. Devin Booker is the most disrespected player in our league. Simple as that. 190,000 likes by LeBron James on that one. And then he also put followed by Dame Dalla. Obviously, he's referring to Damian Lillard. So let me give the list. Uh, uh, Everybody knows who I'm obviously talking about. Who's missed on the uh, on the list? Who this? These are the reserves for the Western Conference. Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert are a part of the list. Damian Lillard, Paul George, Anthony Davis, who you're going to have out because of an injury. Somebody's going to slot in in his place. Chris Paul and Zion Williamson. Okay, means Demar Derozan, Shea Gilgis Alexander, Mike Conley, Devin Booker, and Brandon Ingram were. I would say the the ones most people thought had a chance to come on were left off. Um, Devin Booker is the simple one here. This is why I don't understand. Why is Zion on the All-Star team? Why is Zion on the All-Star team? Am I not watching enough Pelicans basketball to appreciate 
um, what what he is doing, and maybe I'm just not watching enough of the Pelicans. They're 13 and 17. Phoenix is 20 and 10 in the Western Conference. They've won nine of their last 10 games. Devin Booker is an absolute baller. I don't know if Zion is on there because it's the marketing of Zion Williamson. I'm not sure. Who, by the way, maybe it's just me. I don't go out of my way to watch Zion. I know Michael Thompson absolutely loves him. I don't go out of my my way to watch Zion. Um, That's the only one that I could really think of on this list. Zion should be out. Devin Booker should be in. Maybe with Anthony Davis not being able to participate in the All-Star game, I'm assuming, right, because he's not coming back. It's four weeks, whatever the case is. Then I'm assuming that uh, maybe that's when Devin Booker gets in. So, you know, everybody gets upset about the All-Star game, gets upset about the All-Star reserves, and today was no different. But I do like LeBron going out on Twitter and basically saying, hey, this man is the most disrespected guy out here. Um, And that's coming from somebody who obviously knows the damn game of basketball. Um, Okay, another top NBA story I want to get into. You guys watching the Brooklyn Nets the last couple of weeks? Who I think won tonight as well. They did win tonight. Uh, The Brooklyn Nets. That is the team to beat in the Eastern Conference. No question about it. Um, The Brooklyn Nets, who have now, they're now tied with the best record in the Eastern Conference. And KD has been out of the lineup for, I think, the last two weeks or so. They're on a seven-game winning streak. Six or seven. Seven Seven-game winning streak. They've beat the Pacers. Then they were on the road against the Suns, Kings, Lakers, Clippers. And then they just uh, beat the Kings again tonight. Um, Seven-game winning streak. They're doing it without Kevin Durant. The big three have only played in just seven games together. Listen, we got a chance to see him here at Staples Center. I don't like putting too much stock into that game. I really do feel if Dennis Schroeder was in and, um, you know, we were doing the pregame show and an hour before tip-off, we find out Dennis Schroeder scratched health and safety protocols. Coach was talking about in his pregame presser how excited he was to see Dennis Schroeder go up against Kyrie Irving, that he thought Schroeder looks forward to moments like this, games like this, opportunities like this. Um, I think that would have been a game. And I know AD and KD were out, but just Dennis Schroeder, I think that would have been a game. But I by no means do I think that the Brooklyn Nets are not the team to beat in the Eastern Conference. Brooklyn can win it all. Let's not let's not sugarcoat it. The Brooklyn Nets can win the entire thing, no question about it, in my opinion. Uh, they're the favorites coming out of the Eastern Conference. I don't think, you know, you look at the um look at the Sixers or look at the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, I think the star power is stronger, obviously, in uh, in Brooklyn. And I think, you know, people undermine the experience. KD's got tremendous experience in the league. Kyrie Irving has been through battles in the NBA playoffs and in the NBA Finals and hit arguably one of the biggest shots in NBA Finals history. James Harden was battling with the... Um, you know, the Golden State Warriors for years and almost got past that Kevin Durant Golden State Warriors team. So I think they're set up well in the Eastern Conference. Um, Keep an eye out for the uh, Brooklyn Nets. Okay, the last NBA story I want to get into. Did you guys see this? uh, (laughs) I got to go back to it. You know, when I do Lakers talk, it's obviously once a week. So 
I got to go back to that Draymond Green incident from Saturday night. Have you guys ever seen a player? You're up two points with 10 seconds left to go. Um, the Golden State Warriors were playing a Charlotte. Warriors are up two. 10 seconds left to go. Loose ball. Draymond dives for it. Somebody else dives for it. I forget who the other uh, player was that dove for it. And Draymond is called. I don't know if he's called for a foul or they just gave a timeout to Charlotte. I can't remember right off the top of my head. Long story short, Draymond Green gets hit with two technical fouls up two points with 10 seconds left to go to tie the game. And then eventually, uh, Charlotte would hit a shot at the buzzer. I think Terry Rozier hit a shot at the buzzer. That was ball game. The Golden State Warriors lost. I don't think I've ever seen that. I was telling Michael yesterday, I'm like, Michael, do you remember a moment where a player, who, by the way, is an NBA champion, won multiple NBA championships, um, is smart enough to understand the current situation, gets a double technical to tie the game. I can't remember ever seeing that or hearing that. Uh, Draymond did say, by the way, uh, Steve Kerr mentioned he crossed the line. Draymond said, um, I let that control get away from me, and in turn, I let the game, game get away from me and myself and my teammates. And I think the reason is bothered... Uh, I think the reason it bothered me more was because winning an NBA game is not easy, and this young team has not had, the guys on this team have not had much experience with winning, and so to take the game away from my teammates, which they worked so hard for, was a bit frustrating for me because I let them down. I, listen, I love Draymond Green's game. I really do. Like, I love his passion. I love everything he brings to the table. But critical, crucial Areas of his career, he's cost the Golden State Warriors. Some would argue that he cost the Golden State Warriors an NBA championship by having himself kicked out of Game 5, which eventually the Warriors would lose that series in 7 to LeBron James and Kyrie Irving and the rest of the mix there. Um, okay, those are our top NBA stories. When we come back, I want to play something from Kendrick Perkins um, from earlier today. And it's in regards to LeBron's LeBron James's minutes. And also, I want to play something from LBJ himself um, about this narrative that he needs rest. He addressed it yesterday in the postgame show. We'll spend a little bit of time on that. Uh, stay right here. By, by the way, I'm going to read some of your tweets as well. I've been getting these tweets during the show, and I haven't done a good enough job reading them. So I'll read them coming up next. Uh, if you want to hit me on Twitter, at, La- or at Alan Sliwa, uh, this is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. All right, as always, appreciate you guys tuning in. By the way, Trevor Lane, Lakers Nation, coming up at uh, 8.30. Um, quick shout-out here real quick. Uh, Valvoline Instant Oil Change, home of the 15-minute drive through oil change. Visit SoCalOilChange.com for lo- locations and coupons today. Uh, they are a brand-new sponsor to Lakers Talk. We greatly, greatly appreciate their partnership. Um, okay, so... Uh, Couple things that um, you know kind of stand out at the moment. Um, 
Let's see here. Yesterday, LeBron James uh, was asked a couple different times about rest. Uh, does he need more rest? I want to kind of play this because he addressed it the way I was hoping to about his narrative. Um, take a listen here when he was asked about finding time to rest. I don't know. You try to find some time in between time to get some rest as much as you can when we're not playing. Um, really don't have too much of a comment about the All-Star break. Um, you guys know how I feel about that, so. Um, I don't even want to tap into that into that uh, to that mindset, but um, you know we have a couple of days. You know after we play our last game, I believe it's at SAC um, before that before that game on Sunday. So I get an opportunity to rest a little bit. LeBron was mentioning yesterday. He said, "Look, after the game, I rest. Um, you know, during the day off, I rest, and then when it comes to game time, he's obviously ready to go. And he's always emphasized." how he takes care of his body in certain ways. What does he put a million dollars a year into his body? Um, and, and that's pretty much, that's that's his mindset. That's how he figures out to put himself and, and make himself ready. Listen to what he said about the narrative of um, him needing rest. I, I've never talked about it. I don't talk about it. I don't believe in it. You know, we all need more rest. I mean, this is a, a, a fast turnaround from last season. Uh, and we all wish we could have more rest, but you know I'm here to work and I'm here to to, to punch my clock in and be available to my teammates. And, and if I'm hurt um, or if I'm not feeling well, then um, we can look at it then. But I have nothing but honest people around me, but I'm also honest with myself as well. And um, you know me having the love for the game um, and me being able to be available to my teammates is more important than anything. Uh, very simple here on uh, on LeBron James and just kind of referencing to the rest part of it and how much time that LBJ, um, how much he's putting into these games. Yeah, I mean, listen, I think every Laker fan looks at it and says, how nice would it be if LeBron was playing 30 minutes a game rather than 35 or 40? Every Laker fan. I, I don't know how you can kind of argue that one. Um, I know for me... That's always been one of the things I look at LeBron, I'm like, gosh, this dude's got so much he's got to carry every single game. That's been his entire career. That's not something that started with the Lakers. His entire career, everything's been on LeBron's shoulders. Yes, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Love, um, of course, Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh. I get that. Don't get me wrong. I know he had, you know, some some seasons where you could look at uh, some of the talent that he had with him, but for the most part, even this year, Anthony Davis is on this roster. Who's playing every single game? It's LBJ. LeBron James is, and in the big picture, yeah. Why wouldn't you have? Why wouldn't that be in the back of your mind if you're a Laker fan saying, yeah, that's not ideal. I want to see LeBron playing 35, 40 minutes a game. Um, but you see when LeBron goes to the bench just to take a breather, yesterday's a perfect example, and, and this is not just yesterday. This has been all season long, even during the playoffs. When LeBron just goes to get a five-minute breather, the entire game changes. There's no control on the offensive side. There's no flow on the offensive side. There's no quarterback on the floor, right? Um, imagine, you know, literally imagine taking your quarterback out of a game and you're snapping, snapping the ball to the running back. I mean, it's going to be mayhem. 
And that's what it kind of feels like for the Lakers when LeBron goes to the bench. The Lakers don't have that luxury, and I don't want to keep harping on Dennis Schroeder, but of course, without Dennis Schroeder, that adds it um, adds even a, an additional element to it. Um, take a take a listen here. Kendrick Perkins earlier today um, was talking about LeBron and was talking about his minutes. Take a listen to what he had to say. Absolutely not, Greeny. Look, you heard what LeBron James just told us. He said he's not worried about his minutes. And we look, if LeBron James tell us a duck could pull a truck, guess what we better do? We better hook the son of a gun up. Because look, he is just hitting his second stage of his prime. I'm not worried about his minutes at all. I'm worried about the offense, but I'm not worried about his minutes. I uh, uh that's an interesting reference there. Was not expecting that one from uh from Kendrick Perkins. Um but I will say this, uh, I will say that I'd probably fall uh, on another side of things when, yeah, I think it's okay to be concerned with how many minutes LeBron James is playing, and that's not to take anything away from LBJ. He has to do it. He understands he has to do it. And he even explained this is uh, this is his job, and this is what he feels like he needs to do for the team. One more uh, from Kendrick Perkins on LeBron, um, and, and specifically about um, managing this season, managing the MVP. Look, it helps his resume for the old heads like you and, and Stephen A to go <laughs> ahead and get fifth MVP so y'all can finally label him the GOAT. But I think LeBron James just want to win. I think he just want to play the game of basketball. He is he is playing with great joy right now, and I think he just want to be on the court, Green. Here it is. With a short turnaround, we thought that he would be low management. He has played every single game this season and has played it at an extremely high level. So right now, I do think he wants the MVP under his belt, and he should want it. And he should get it, uh, just to kind of add to that. Let me squeeze in a quick call here, uh, 877-710-ESPN, if you guys want to uh, join Lakers Talk. Uh, by the way, Trevor Lane coming up from Lakers Nation here in about six minutes or so. Uh, Denny in L.A. What's going on, Denny? Hey, good evening, man. Thank you for taking my call. You got it, man. Um, we really need a center. We, we, I mean, it's obvious that we need a rim protector. And I know that DeMarcus Cousins ain't ain't the guy that we should go after, but we do need someone there, even, even uh, McGee, you know, who, whatever, but we do need that. I mean, you know, those points in the paint are killing us, and that's the only thing. That, that, see, we're talking about LeBron James um, mm-hmm. taking a break or whatever, but if, if we're able to help him out, the, the team able to score and maybe, you know, going to the fourth with, with the lead that, that's sustainable, or at least that we know we're doing, that's when you get his minutes down. That's what he, then, then we could talk about, you know what, his minutes are down, and that, that would help him, but he doesn't want to rest. Well, Denny, you know, I mentioned something a little bit earlier, and I appreciate you calling into the show. I mentioned mentioned something earlier about you. You look at this Lakers team, and you look at some of the talent after LeBron, after Anthony Davis, after Dennis Schroeder and Montrezl Harrell. I don't really have confidence that you're going to get consistent scoring. Like right now, you're asking Wesley Matthews without Dennis Schroeder to be consistent in that starting spot. Yeah, that's probably not going to happen. You're asking Marcus Gasol to be consistent with Anthony Davis out. I don't think that's going to happen. Talon Horn Tucker, can you be 12 to 15 a game? Probably not. Same thing with Caruso. You might get, you know, you might get this 
this one specific game where KCP goes off like he did on the last one, which was great. Obviously, the Lakers need that. But after the top four players that I mentioned, I don't know what those players are going to give the Lakers on a night-in-night-out basis. I really don't. And that's uh, that's just the reality. And and it's, you know, the, the team is built. It's obviously not built to have Anthony Davis and Dennis Schroeder out. Of course it's not. But just the AD part, I think the Lakers could carry their own weight. They can keep their head above water. But add Dennis Schroeder into that mix, now you really start exposing this Lakers team. But anytime you take two main players off a team, of course they're going to be exposed. So I'm not as quick to say, okay, we got to jump the gun and this has got to go and that's got to go and this player's got to go. I do agree we need a rim protector. I mean, I I do think that that's the one area everybody agrees upon, and the Lakers got two roster spots to work with. Um, I don't think this is going to be something that, you know, Rob Palenka and the Lakers front office are ignoring. No, they're watching the same thing you are. They're listening to the same thing that you are as well. Uh, Windhorst uh, said something that I thought was great. He said, I don't think the Lakers should jump the gun. I think they should be patient. He actually thought, he said, if DeMarcus Cousins and I'd wait on that, I think you could do better than that. Um, Players who eventually get bought out, just think about the destination for the Lakers. If you're you're somebody that gets in the buyout market, um, your exposure, your opportunity to win an NBA championship, the popularity of the Lakers brand, playing with LeBron and Anthony Davis, if something goes wrong, nobody's going to point the finger at you. There's other two superstars they're going to point the finger at. Opportunity to kind of resurrect your career to go try and get another contract. We saw that last year. I mean, think about Rondo got another contract, a two-year $15 million deal uh, because of what he was able to do with the Lakers. And that's not uncommon in the buyout market for somebody to go to the right team, the right situation. I think the Lakers are going to be a, a very, very attractive place in the buyout market, and we'll just have to see what happens. Uh, and that, you know, I, when I say that, I'm obviously not referring to, and I hope you guys understand this, this isn't a perfect team, and there's no such thing as a perfect team. And the hope is that, um, you know, through the buyout market and through the Lakers getting healthier, that they're as close to it as possible, and we'll see how things play out. All right, Trevor Lane from Lakers Nation coming up next. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. All right. Uh, we're going to have Trevor Lane here in a few minutes. Um, I want to give everybody just a quick idea. So tomorrow, Lakers got the Utah Jazz. This game is at Utah. Um, we know no Dennis Schroeder. We know no Anthony Davis. Uh, definitely not expecting the Lakers to come out with a win in Utah. So the Jazz, 25-6 and six on the season. Um, they did lose a game finally. I think they had won 19-20 or 20-21, something along those lines. And then they finally lost uh, a game to the Clippers. That That's the game you guys choose to lose uh, out of all the games? Couldn't have lost to a different team? Um, but uh, the Utah Jazz, I, I do think this is going to be one of those games where, uh, you know, look, it's just going to be tough to 
even make it a game, to be honest with you. But we'll see what happens. Lakers got obviously nothing to lose. Um, they are in a good position in the sense of, um, you know, it, you literally have nothing to lose in a game like this. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see how things play out. I'm looking at the uh, rest of the NBA standings right now. So Phoenix at 22 and 10. Um, Phoenix sitting at 22 and 10. Or twenty and ten. You got the Clippers at twenty-two and ten, and the Lakers at twenty-two and ten. So you look at the, actually kind of look at the top four teams right now in the Western Conference. I don't know how it's all going to eventually play out and 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 break down or whatever the case is. Phoenix better than I thought they'd be. I didn't think they'd be top four. Uh, Portland, San Antonio, Denver, and Golden State round out the next four. I don't know who comes in and who comes out. I don't know if Dallas eventually kind of gets uh, gets things back on track. I think they just beat the uh, Boston Celtics recently. Um, so it, it is, from a standings perspective, it definitely is one of those things where uh, we're keeping an eye out on it, but we're not all overly paying attention um, you know, to every single one of these games. But the Lakers have dropped. Let's not pretend like the Lakers haven't dropped over the last week and a half or so, but they definitely have over the last week and a half, and now – um, they, they kind of find themselves in a position where um, uh, they're just trying to survive up to the All-Star break. Survival mode right now for the Lakers up into the All-Star break. And even when they once they do get to the All-Star break and they actually have some time to take a breather and get a quick opportunity to, I guess you can say, um, exhale for a quick second, they still won't have Anthony Davis for you know at least a week after that. Um Let's hear. So they said four weeks for Anthony Davis. So it'd be like another eight days after the All Star break if it falls along the lines of just that four weeks. Um, there were a couple games that were going on earlier today as well. Um, at least the ones of significance to the Lakers. Blazers and the Nuggets are playing right now. That's a good game. Blazers have a four point lead. Clippers are blowing out the Wizards. They're up fifteen. Uh, just want to see if there's any other Western Conference games. I mentioned already. Brooklyn got their seventh win in a row. And then um, uh, Bucks and the Mavericks. Mavericks beat the Celtics. Bucks beat the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves. Um, I uh, I did this, and I, I want to kind of go back to it for a second. By the way, we'll have Trevor Lane here in hopefully the next couple of minutes uh, from Lakers Nation. I want to go back to something real quick. So when I was referencing the Lakers role players, and I was talking about these role players specifically and how these guys are doing and um, some of them are just not specifically built to take on some of the minutes and the workload that they're asked to right now. I, and I, I genuinely believe that. I, I, I don't think you're going to get, you know, from Alex Caruso or from Talon Horton Tucker or from Wesley Matthews, Marcus All. I just don't think you're going to get consistent, consistent play from those guys. KCP in that mix as well. Unfortunately, KCP is kind of that. That's kind of been his. Um, you know, over the last at least month, 30 days or so, we haven't seen a consistent KCP, somebody that the way he looked in the bubble, the way he was shooting con- uh, on a consistent and confident basis or whatever the case is, um, we haven't seen that. But let, let's see if things start changing. I, I think one of the things that's going to be of help to the Lakers, they got help coming. Dennis Schroeder won't be there tomorrow, but there's a good chance that Schroeder will be there uh, hopefully uh, Lakers game coming up on Friday. Okay, let, let's go to a quick commercial break. When we come back, we'll have Trevor Lane. Uh, appreciate you guys tuning in. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. 
Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. I want to welcome in uh, Trevor Lane, Lakers Nation. Does a fantastic job covering the Lakers. Trevor, what's going on? Thank you for uh, taking some time and joining the show. Hey, no problem, Adam. Thank you so much for, uh, for having me on here. Okay, so I, I played some clips. I want, I want to get your I want to get your thoughts on a couple things. So I, I played a couple clips. You know, last night I'm sure you took a listen, and LeBron was talking about um, just his playing time and and the way he finds time to get rest, and he doesn't really understand this narrative that he needs rest. How much more comfortable would you feel about LBJ if the Lakers weren't in a position where you had to depend on one player so much every single night? And, and it's listen. It's not like he's doing it out of being stubborn. He's trying to win games, and you know Lakers aren't going to be in any of these games unless LBJ plays the minutes that he does. Um, What's your thoughts on just the workload here to get through the first X amount of games before we get into the All-Star break? I mean, I think it's got to be a concern, right? I mean, as much as LeBron is saying that it's not an issue and that, that, uh, that he's ready to go, it, it does. That's not what I'm seeing out on the floor. I think we're seeing a number of players that are looking fairly fatigued, and LeBron is is one of them. We saw them saw that in the game against the Wizards. A lot of shots coming up short, and the minutes are starting to starting to really rack up. Um, this isn't how this team was put together. They went and got Dennis Schroeder so that he could take some of that burden away from LeBron, and LeBron wasn't going to have to do all of the heavy lifting in terms of playmaking. But unfortunately, with the situation the Lakers are in right now for at least one more game, it's going to be on LeBron to pretty much create everything on the offensive end of the floor. So it's got to be something that the Lakers keep a real close eye on and and monitor because just like with Anthony Davis, where they're being careful and saying we're going to give him time to get his legs under him once he's he's 100% and we're not going to just throw him right back out of the floor, it's the same thing with LeBron. You need these guys at 100% come playoff time. So it's uh, it's certainly a little nerve-wracking from the Lakers' perspective and for Lakers fans to see him getting so many minutes at this point in the season. It's uh, it's definitely something to keep an eye on. Well, I, you know, it is kind of funny. Not funny, actually, at all. That's the w- wrong word to use there, Trevor. But it's kind of interesting to you know kind of see the position that the Lakers are in. And here we are in these... Lakers, no Dennis Schroeder health and safety protocols for the last three games. Of course, no Anthony Davis. I mean, Trev, I, I don't care who the competition is. That is so incredibly difficult to be in games right now against any any NBA club when Anthony Davis and Dennis Schroeder are out. Do you make a ton from these last three losses? Do you, are, are you paying attention to these four out of lo, uh, four out of five games? H- how much are you putting into stock this uh, these recent struggles for the Lakers? I mean, I don't think we can just 
completely dismiss it and say, okay, it's, it's nothing because they're missing those guys. Um, you know, we've seen teams that have missed players throughout the season and they still fig- have figured out ways to step up and get wins. I think we're, that we're seeing some very specific skill sets that are lacking in terms of guys who can create their own looks in Schroeder and Anthony Davis. And once those guys are gone, it's really cut down to just, just LeBron in terms of creating for himself and, uh, and creating for others. But I also think that with this, with this Lakers team, we're seeing uh, things get compounded where a shooting slump is now having to also deal with missing players um, and then deal with different rotations. You're seeing groups out there, five-man groupings, that just haven't shared the floor sure. a whole lot for the Lakers just yet. And so all of that is, uh, is creating what we're seeing right now, and that's this, this losing streak that they're on. And, uh, and that's you know, not a fun thing to go through for the Lakers, not a fun thing for Lakers fans. But, again, you know, the, the ultimate success or failure of the season is going to depend on what happens in the playoffs, what happens come June. That's what's going to matter uh, for this team long term. But for right now, I think we can say that, you know, while we, we talked how much, about how much depth the Lakers had coming into the season, at this point, it hasn't, we haven't really seen anybody truly step up and fill in for Anthony Davis. Not that you can replace that guy, but I don't feel like any, any of the bench players have really stepped into a bigger role here for the Lakers and found success at this point. And maybe that changes tomorrow night against the Jazz. Well, Trev, I think this is where um, that's why I think I, you know, I started off the show uh, giving the Lakers uh, fans seventy-four reasons why I'm not that concerned right now, and I think I actually listed seventy-four, Trev. I mean, I, I think I spent the first thirty-five minutes just uh, excuse <laughs> after excuse. By the way, um, but what, one of one of the reasons why I think I've I've kind of keyed in on this and I focused on it is because. I don't think any of these players that the Lakers have past Dennis Schroeder or Montrez Harrell that you can depend on consistently. I really don't, and I don't think they. I don't think that's their role. Uh, Wes Matthews might get you one good game every once in a while. Um, Alex Caruso or THT can find ways to affect the game. Maybe THT will give you 15, but he'll probably go a few games without doing that. Uh, and, and go down the list: Mark Gasol, Markeith Morris. Um, Kuzma the closest to being more consistent than at least Mm -hmm. some of these other players that we're talking about, they're now put into a role where they need to deliver because not just Anthony Davis is out, but also Dennis Schroeder is out. And and I think that's why I'm kind of pumping the brakes on what we've seen over the last week because here's the reality. If AD and Dennis Schroeder, um, you know, obviously aren't in the Lakers lineup, of course AD much more than that then there isn't going to be much of a conversation come playoff time anyway. So I, I, I think that's why I'm not as concerned as maybe some Laker fans are. Yeah, I mean, I certainly don't think don't think the sky is falling or anything like, like that. But some people are, are running around and saying, you know, oh, we need to treat everybody and get rid of the coaching staff. And I, I'm seeing that sentiment out there. And look, that's, just, that's, part of, that's a normal part of being a fan, right, that that kind of mentality is going to be, going to be part of your, your team culture during some point of the season. I certainly don't think we're at that point. It's not like you just have to scrap everything and, and start over and clearly this isn't working or anything like that. But I do think, like you said, there's you, you're seeing guys who are a little bit more inconsistent when they don't have those other pieces to rely on, when they don't have Schroeder, when they don't have Anthony Davis. And that's, that's something that the Lakers need to be aware of moving forward and maybe something that they can help 
uh, fix from the, the trade deadline or the buyout market. Maybe you can add another piece who is able to, to maybe create a shot or, or just have a little bit more consistency in their role. Because you're right, there's a lot of guys that, that right now you just can't count on on a nightly basis, and that becomes a much bigger issue when you don't have Anthony Davis and Dennis Schroeder. Uh, Trev, I, I think um, you know one of the things, Trevor Lane from uh, Lakers Nation joining uh, Lakers Talk, one of the things we saw last night was Quinn Cook waived by the Lakers. And we also saw earlier today, even though it was reported a couple days ago, DeMarcus Cousins waived by the Houston Rockets. I, I want to – Lakers got two roster spots available now. And I just want to get your opinion first just on DeMarcus Cousins. Would he be a good fit with this Lakers team, yes or no? Um, I don't think so. I think that, that if you look at you look at Boogie, he could be the best big man out there talent-wise in terms of ceiling. That could be the best big man that hits the, the buyout market. I mean, that's, we don't know exactly who's going to hit the market yet, but that's possible. But there's a lot of skill set duplication with Marcus All in terms of a three-point shooting big that's also a talented passer and probably not that great at this point as far as protecting the rim goes, or at least not to the level that the Lakers need. And so that's why I, I'm, I'm going to say no in terms of him being a, a good fit with the Lakers. But, uh, but I'm rooting for him, man. I, I really would like to see Boogie get, really get things back on track and, and get in sync somewhere and, uh, and get his career going again because what a rough stretch that he had with those three injuries in a row. Yeah, okay, so I'm, I'm with you because I, I mentioned this as well. I, I do agree if every Laker fan, which you know I think it's very, very fair when they say, Noah, Trev, Al, we need a rim protector. We need somebody. Man, we missed Dwight Howard, and JaVale McGee was key last year as well. Look at look what the mm-hmm. Lakers had with those big men. Um, DeMarcus Cousins on the Lakers roster last season was fine because Marcus Saul wasn't there, and you had JaVale McGee, and you had Dwight Howard. And I know, of course, things eventually changed. But I just use that as an example because I don't think they need another player like Marcus Saul. So with that in mind... Um, you know, if you want to name players, you can. But position-wise, what type? You have two roster spots left. What kind of positions do you think are needed for the Lakers if that opportunity comes in the buyout market? And um, you know, we kind of look big picture here. Well, I'm looking for for one thing in particular, Alan, and it's what a lot of Lakers fans are, are looking for right now, and that is the traditional rim protecting big. And that's not to say that that Marcus All is is horrible or anything like that. I'm just saying in terms of having another type of player Frank Vogel to turn to in the right moments. And we saw last season in the playoffs, there's some series where you, that guy may, may not play. But if you can go get like a Hassan Whiteside or a Nerlens Noel or, or that type of player, maybe not those guys specifically, but a, a traditional rim-protecting big man, um, that could, I think, be a benefit to the Lakers. And then the other thing I'm looking for is another wing defender. I still don't feel like they have quite enough in terms of uh, guys that you can throw at, a Kawhi Leonard, a Paul George, Jimmy Butler, uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo, all, all of these guys that you might see at some point during the playoffs, these high-scoring wings. And so a guy like like maybe our old friend Trevor Ariza sure. might not be a bad fit there, somebody who can space the floor a little bit and play some defense on the wing. I think those are the two things, if the Lakers can fill those two roster spots with a traditional big and a 3-and-D style wing player, which is in high demand in the NBA. But if you can, if Rob Pelinka can find a way to add those two things, I think that's going to be a big, big win for the Lakers. Yeah, listen, um, you know, I haven't really got a chance to hit on this too much, but I feel like the competition compared to last season is tougher this year. And, you know, if the Lakers had mm-hmm. more of a luxury 
and you know obviously Ke- Kevin Durant was uh, was still injured and um, Brooklyn wasn't a part of the mix. James Harden was playing for the Rockets. I mean, there's a lot of different storylines. But do you agree that winning a championship this season, just competition alone, there's more competition out there? Uh, what are your thoughts on that? What are your thoughts on how Brooklyn has, uh, you know, obviously they've won seven games in a row now. They're doing it without KD. The Utah Jazz, the number one record in the Western Conference. Do, do you think it's more competitive this year? Yeah, I do think it is. And I think that uh, that you hit the nail on the head there. I mean, you've got you've got the Brooklyn Nets who obviously have the, the top end talent. And then they also, they waived three players tonight. And so they're going to have some roster spots open so they can go shopping on the, the buyout market as well. Um, so they could be getting better. Uh, then you've got, of course, like you said, the Utah Jazz. I think that's the big thing for the Western Conference now. Is do we are we at a point, Alan, where we have to reevaluate the way we looked at the Western Conference? Because heading into the season, we said the Lakers and the Clippers. That's the that's the top tier. It's those two teams that are in a tier above everybody else in the West. And I think now you can make a really strong case that it's a three-team top tier in the West with the Utah Jazz in there, as well as the Lakers and the Clippers. And I think that creates a, an interesting situation where if you, if you don't get the one seed, you potentially have to play in order to get to the NBA Finals to get through the Western Conference, you potentially have to play two top-tier seeds um, in order to get there if you're not the number one seed this year, obviously depending on where everybody falls. But um, that's, uh, that could create certainly a challenge for, for anybody in the West. And then you've got a number of other teams that are playing very, very well. I mean, the Phoenix Suns. The Portland Trailblazers, when they're healthy, the San Antonio Spurs have been a major surprise. So, yeah, Alan, I, I think that's absolutely right. I think it's going to be even more competitive this year, which is even more reason why the Lakers have got to be healthy come playoff time. And, and, and listen, Trev, I, I think that's what it comes down to, right? I mean, I, I take my chances against any team in the league as long as the Lakers are healthy. Now, I'd also be lying to you if I didn't say Brooklyn presents, uh, yeah, that, that, that looks scary. Uh, you know what they're obviously doing there, and if the wrong player ends up with the Brooklyn Nets in the buyout market, that obviously would be a concern. Uh, we'll see how they, you know, round up the rest of their roster. But just based on what they already have, that's a, that's a real seven game set. That's not a oh, you know, over time, you know, if, over a seven game series, Lakers. No, no, that's a real seven game set. Final question I have for you: Just kind of stay on the Western Conference for a quick second. Uh, Utah's got the best record in the NBA. Um, the Clippers are tied with the Lakers for the second best record in the West. They played each other a few days ago. Clippers beat the Jazz. If those two teams go against each other in a seven-game set, do you do you do you like the Jazz right now or the Clippers more in a uh, in a seven-game series? I think in a seven-game series, I'm going to go with the Clippers because the mo for the Utah Jazz for a while now has been that they they have these stretches in the regular season where they look really good. But then come playoff time, teams kind of figure them out once they have more opportunity to prepare for them. And so until they, until they you know, dispel that and they get rid of that narrative and they, and they win a playoff series like that, uh, I got to still look at the Jazz as a team that might falter a little bit come playoff time, that maybe they can be locked down. Some of their sets and things can be blown up uh, in the playoffs. So I would lean the Clippers there. But uh, I also think that the possibility – that this is just the Jazz's season in terms of, of them finally making that leap to the next level and Donovan Mitchell taking the leap to be a true superstar in the NBA, it, it could just be their time. That's, uh, that's becoming a growing possibility. But for right now, I still have to go to the Clippers against the Jazz. Trevor, thank you, buddy. I appreciate you doing this. Uh, appreciate your insight as always. And uh, 
Let's see what the Lakers can do before uh, we get to the All-Star break. they got some tough games coming up, so thank you for uh, taking the time. Hey, sounds good, man. Thanks again for having me. All right, that's uh, Trevor Lane right there, Lakers Nation. Uh, let me read off a couple quick tweets here. Jamin Fitness on Twitter. Unless we grab a productive big body, I'm very concerned, uh, but I love your optimism. East is way better this year. Um, at point given 21, um, they really aren't that good. What do you mean they're really not? They're 22 and 10. Lost three games in a row without Dennis Schroeder and Anthony Davis. Uh, okay, one more that I want to read off. Um, let's see here. Patrick Faulkner on uh, Twitter. Uh, we lost four in a row last year, five of six, and the world dismissed us. If you're not with us now, don't try to be with us holding that chip again. Okay, yeah, Patrick's got his uh, his own thoughts on that one. Uh, appreciate you guys hitting me on Twitter. By the way, uh, at Alan Sliwa on Twitter. Um, so coming up, I'm going to do my ESPN Los Angeles. I'm going to do our social show. So we do the social show right after this. So it's Lakers talk again. This time it's with video. It probably goes for about a half hour or so. So if you want to uh, join on that, we're doing it on Twitter, on Twitch, on YouTube, uh, Facebook, you name it, we're doing it. Um, Lakers got the Utah Jazz tomorrow. That's a tough one tomorrow. Let's uh, let's not sugarcoat tomorrow's game. Um, that's an incredibly tough game against the Utah Jazz. Uh, you know, it's one thing for the Jazz to have the best record in the NBA, but I think Utah is also trying to send a message. Not much of a message you can send when the Lakers don't have their second and their third best players uh, playing in the game, but we'll, we'll see how Utah handles it. I think if they blow out the Lakers, that, that'll be something that the Lakers will remember. And I'm sure AD and Dennis Schroeder will say, okay, we're looking forward to playing you guys when we get you in the second half of the season. We're, we're still waiting for the uh, second half of the schedule to come out. I think that's supposed to come out here pretty soon. And we'll get a kind of a better idea of how how much uh, tougher and what stretches are going to be tough for the Lakers moving forward. So a lot going on here before we get to the All-Star break. All-Star break, by the way, last game for the Lakers, March 3rd. March 3rd. So between now and March 3rd, you got the Utah Jazz a week from Wednesday is when the Lakers will wrap it up against Sacramento. But Utah, Portland, Golden State, Phoenix, and Sacramento. If you missed any part of the Lakers talk uh, tonight, you can catch it on the ESPN app or on iTunes. Remember, all two hours are there. Just search Lakers talk with Alan Sliwa. As always, appreciate you guys tuning in. L.A., have a great rest of your night. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.